Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Joe Vitale with another Hypnotic Gold interview, and I am more than excited because I have a special treat for you. I've been doing these interviews for well over five or six years, but this one is going to uh, take the cake. We're going to be talking about everything from stress, anxiety, depression, success, and even cancer. The man I have on the phone with me today is an expert in all of these fields. He is Dr. Leonard Coldwell, and Dr. Leonard Coldwell is so well-known with his own radio show, his own TV station, his blog. He's reaching about 54 million people on a regular basis. This is a man who just came out with three books. All three sold out before they were printed and then sold out right after they were printed and are scrambling to be back in print now, repeatedly as we are speaking. One of the books is called The Only Answer to Cancer. Another is The Only Answer to Stress, Anxiety, and Depression. Yet another is The Only Answer to Success. So obviously this man has the answer, and in fact probably the only answer. He has sold books and CDs amounting to about 3 million or more. He's worked with about 35,000 patients with a proven success rate of over 92%. Dr. Leonard Caldwell is the author of some 19 best-selling books. He's a leading patient advocate. He's an expert on cancer and stress-related illnesses. I can go on with so much information about him. He's in movies such as The Time Is Now, Cut, Poison, and Burn, uh, Probable Cause. He's interviewed on hundreds of, if not thousands, of radio and TV shows around the world. So to have him here with us for a Hypnotic Gold interview is a rare, historic, memorable, inspiring event. So, Dr. Caldwell, thanks for making time to be here. <laughs> Look, that joke. That was an introduction. Wow. I'm impressed about myself now. I understand what you should be. <laughs> Boy, are you saving the earth. Thank you, thank you so much. I mean, uh, everybody knows about you and everybody hears about your great work, and I'm so honored to be on with you today. And I was really looking forward to this interview, and uh, because people like you and I, we all, we both have the same goal, and we try to help people to be happier, healthier, uh, more successful, be themselves, believe in themselves, and uh, you know that it all starts with the belief in oneself, with self-esteem, with self-confidence. And, and well, let me just run with that. When somebody doesn't have self-esteem. They don't have self-confidence. A lot of the Hypnotic Gold members have a dream. They want to be successful. They want to have an online or offline business. But they're probably struggling from time to time with belief in possibility, belief in themselves. So let me just run with the theme you brought up. What if somebody is listening and they don't have belief in themselves? Their self-esteem, their self-worth is very low. How do they handle that? They need to start looking at the facts and not at the bad thoughts in their head. We already, everybody that's alive is uh, already a winner because we already survived the most dangerous nine months in a human existence, the nine months in our mother's womb. <laughs> the second we are born, billions of bacteria, billions of microbes, of viruses attack our little body. And our immune system just says, so what? Bring it on. So everybody that's alive, Joe, is already a winner. And uh, I'm, uh, my, my most successful book uh, and my programs and seminars in Europe are based on my book, You Are Born to Win. 
And now, basically, the updated version is uh, the only answer to success, you are born to be a champion. Mm-hmm. And because I believe that. And it's not just a saying. It's not just saying, oh, yeah, everybody is a winner, everybody is born a champion. No, everybody actually is, because we wouldn't be here. If life would be stronger than us, we wouldn't be here. We, we would never be have survived it. Yes. Well, I know in your book, The Only Answer to Success, which, thank you, this book is fantastic, you you really hit on some things that I've talked about in the past, but not in a good way. For example, on page 178, you uh, talk about uh, hypnosis, meditation, positive thinking, and neuro-linguistic programming as not being as useful as other tools might be. Is that yes, correct? Absolutely. Because every manipulative technique will take away self-confidence and self-esteem because people think or are trained to believe that they need tools, tricks, or other people or systems, like a, it's the same like a pill, to basically uh, make it in life and be successful. If uh, I, I started out very young as a clinical hypnotherapist because uh, I started out very young treating people and the only legal license I could get in Europe was uh, as a clinical hypnotherapist and acupuncture expert. And I did this for a while, and I even wrote uh, 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 publications on that, and I was very successful, until I figured out that people get more and more dependent. People develop schizophrenia, borderline disease, uh, as we call it today, as you know, and um, they uh, develop personal, multiple personality disorders because they are trained to behave differently then it really would uh, go confirm with their own personality or their character traits. Hmm. The, the, it's like, like NLP, for example, causes cancer. If you have, an, if, if you have uh, any kind of a problem, an emotional problem, and uh, the main cause of cancer is mental and emotional stress, so if you have a, really an internal problem that you have to resolve, and just with a trick, to hide or suppress the symptom, the feeling of being uncomfortable, the feeling of being unsure, the feeling of being, uh, 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 feeling just not right at the place where you are. If you suppress this without going for the root cause, without the, the, the directing your efforts towards yourself and saying, why do I feel that way? What, what life situation am I in that I need to change to stop feeling that way? Well, boy, you really said something startling. You said NLP, neuro-linguistic programming, causes cancer. Yes, sir. Wow. Well, I can tell right now you're going to be a fascinating interview because you're not going to hold back anything. Oh, no, I never never do. I never do. Well, you also said something interesting, and I think you're giving away your big secret here, uh, and I know it's not a secret, but the only answer to success, the only answer to stress, anxiety, and depression in your other book, the only answer to cancer, Really, at the heart of it, if I understand your work, the answer is the same thing. Absolutely. And what is that? In in your own words, what is that answer? The answer is that you have to find with the education, the training, um, the coaching we give the person like you do, I do, um, they have to find their own individual answer. There's only one individual cause in a human's life, in an individual's life, for cancer, and he or she has to find this individual cause and get rid of the root cause, the cancer disappears on its own. They have only one individual uh, cause for their failures in life, for not succeeding the way they should, the way they could. 
and they have to define what is it that stops me, what is it that, that holds me, uh, holds me back from living the life that uh, I dream of, that I deserve or believe I deserve. And uh, so when people understand that there is only one individual cause for the stress, for the anxiety, for the depression, and they use the information. I give these people in my books um, uh, or, or, or tape sets and the tools I give them in the training and, or coaching like you do. These people are enabled to find the only answer. There can be only one. There can be only one answer for them in their lives for their specific challenge in life. So, and so you're not saying that there's one answer that's the same for everybody, are you? I mean, I was absolutely, absolutely not. Ah, okay. But you are saying that stress is the primary cause of lack of energy, mental, emotional disability, leading to illnesses. Absolutely, because the only cause of illness is lack of energy. It's the absolute only cause of illness. Otherwise, everybody would be sick all the time. You will never see somebody that's excited, full of energy, getting the flu or the cold. No, they have to be burned out, worn out, tired, exhausted first, and then they get the flu or the cold. If I can interrupt you for a moment, what, what I'm starting to hear here is that the reason anybody is not a success or feeling anxiety or they might even end up with cancer is that they have not looked at themselves and what they really want to do in their own lives. Absolutely. And that is why I love your work so much and send mm-hmm. people uh, to get your work because you are hitting on the same, on the same uh, root cause in helping people from the inside out and not from the outside in. And this is why, why, why we are absolutely on the same level with what we are doing. The, the, the person needs to look into the inside. It is a, a statistical, uh, statistically a medical fact that 86% of all doctor visits and all illness are stress-related, 86%. That's the Stanford, Stanford University even conducted a study and said 95%. Oh, so, goodness. Dr. Joe, if you look at, at the facts and, and just at, at the proof that we have that uh, even if you just go with 86% of all doctor visits are stress-related or all illnesses are stress-related and, and ignore the 95% of Stanford, uh, the conclusion that they came up with after their study, there is more than two-thirds. And then we look at the facts that, that only illness can only exist in an environment of lacking energy. And lacking energy comes from living in constant worries, doubts, and fears, mm. making compromises against ourselves, lack of self-love, lack of uh, self-confidence, lack of hope, lack of a future. Well, what, but what, is, what do we do about that? Because I know that I can look down the street and I can find people walking around that are full of worries and fears and concerns, and there's people right now listening to this who are full of worries, fears, and concerns, and they might already have an illness. What do they do about it at this point? It needs to start that you address uh, the root cause of uh, the individual challenge, whatever you have, if it's failure, if it's uh, you're out being out of a job or you're, you're having uh, uh, some kind of a uh, health challenge. You have to look into the inside and you need to say to yourself, first of all, where make I compromises against myself? Where in my life? Do I, on a consistent basis, do something that takes away the belief in myself, in, in my self-confidence? Where do I look for outside help and for outside, for, for some outside 
resolution for my individual challenges. And as long as you believe that you need somebody else or something else fixing your life for you, you will be insecure, you will fail, and you will live in worries, doubts, and fears. But if you learn to believe in yourself and you say, wait a second, I overcame problems as a kid. I overcame problems as in the kindergarten. I overcame problems in school already. So I'm a problem solver. I prove to myself I can do it because if I did it once in the past, I can do it again in the present. And I will be able to do it in the future. And we create references to start to believing in ourselves again like a little child. Like if, if you ask a little child, can you play the piano? And the little child says, yes, of course. And then it says, oh, by the way, what is a piano? So, <laughs> I love that. Well, on page 90 of your book, The Only Answer to Success, you have some of your philosophy. And I wanted to give these three statements. They tie into one you just said. One is never let someone blackmail you. Another is never sell yourself. And the third is never compromise at your own cost. Can you explain those, never let someone blackmail you, never sell yourself, that one might be confusing to people, and yeah. never com compromise at your own cost? Because I think these are clues to achieving success and being healthy and happy. These are basically the foundations or built the foundations for our own individual success, to our own individual answer, the only answer for us. Hmm. When we need to start with a compromise against yourself. If you go to a job, that's why we have, uh, what I'm explaining now leads to the fact that we have uh, the most deadly heart attacks Monday morning between 8 and 9 o'clock. And mm -hmm. here's the reason. People getting ready for a work, the job for a work week that they cannot handle anymore. Mm -hmm. They go to a job that they know is strong. They cannot handle or bear the, the, the boss anymore or the mobbing in, the, uh, in their work environment. They are unable to even see themselves succeeding. They, they rather sit in the garage with the engine running and, and not making their car move instead of going to work. The same happens with some people with their relationships. Their relationships may kill them in the whole meaning of the word. They don't want to go home. They rather go in a bar and drink and get, get home drunk so that they don't have to face the reality of the environment at home that they hate. And keeping hanging in for the children, for the opinion of other people, for uh, what, what, what the neighbors would say, or for the uh, um, grandchildren, or whatever it might be, that is basically making a compromise against yourself. If you say, oh, I work two hours a day longer to give my child the education uh, I want my child to have, that's not a compromise against yourself. That's your own decision. You decided it, you wanted to do it, you're willing to do it, and you are doing it. That's, that might be a compromise, but not a compromise against yourself. But a compromise against yourself means that you do something on a continuous basis that you hate to do, that you don't want to do, that you feel pressured to do, and this will kill you. That is one of the main causes of cancer. A compromise against yourself. So you're not living your own life calling. You're not doing what you really want to do. You're selling out to somebody or something. Exactly. And is that the other phrase here when you say never sell yourself? Is that about selling out or does that mean something else? Yeah, it means selling out. It doesn't mean, see, we all sell ourselves, as we all know, we get paid for our work. And if we pick our work and we like our work and we think that that's a fair amount, 
that's absolutely okay. But let's say you really, there's really something that's against you, who you really are, what you stand for. Let's say, just for make an easy example that, that's not so real. Let's say you are a Democrat and somebody says, uh, yeah, you are for 30 years uh, con uh, uh, convinced uh, uh, Democrat, but I give you $500,000 if you come over to the Republican Party. Uh, that would be selling out if you truly be on the side that you are uh, a member of the Democratic Party and you stand, what they stand for what they stand for and so on. And you would, for money, give, give away, away your ideology. So give you, away sold, you sold your values. You sold your, your own beliefs. Your soul. And, and that's soul. the wrong thing to do. Uh, what about this other thing, never let someone blackmail you? It is better to die, in my opinion, than living in the fear and the cancer-producing uh, emotion of feeling helpless and in the hands of other people. Mm. I would never, and uh, my very first book, I wrote it when I was 14, it came out when I was 17, it's still in print today, called Mother, Please Don't Die. I started out with, I write this book because I'm a rebel. And... Uh, that's who I am. I would never ever be willing to live and exist in a life that I hate and cannot exist, uh, accept. I would never accept blackmail in any way, shape, or form. I got, I'm not very tall, and I'm 5'8 or something like that, and mm -hmm. was always the, the, the tiniest guy with the biggest mouth in school, and I always got my butt whooped. And, uh, until I finally made a decision, I said, nobody will ever push me again in my life. And uh, I started out uh, taking charge and, and uh, changed my life and changed my, uh, my, my self-image. And uh, said, in your words, I attracted the person that I was on the inside and that became reality and nobody ever pushed me again. And I will rather really, uh, I was 30 years in martial arts and they called me the sleeping tiger. People said, just leave him alone. Don't, don't really take him off. Don't wake him up. Don't, don't get him there. And uh, at the end of the day, I had people in, in competitions where they said, oh, when they drew me to fight against uh, in a competition, they said, no, give, give, him, give him the trophy. I'm not going into the ring with this crazy guy. <laughs> well, what did they see? What were you exuding that they, just, they wouldn't even get on the mat with you for a sparring match? It was basically the determination. I wasn't into fight. I was always into win. Now, you talk a lot about, this is all fascinating, wow. You talk about, in the book, The Only Answer to Success, a lot about decisions. And yes, that sir. ties into what you just said, because here you are, you're 14 years old and you wrote a book, which I'm already reeling at. 14 <laughs> years old and you write a book and you're published at 17. But you also say that you made a decision. And in the book, you talk about the importance of that. And you say people need to be making decisions a lot. So tell me about this decision-making process, because a lot of people listening are going, yeah, i got to make a decision, but I can't make up my mind. i got this choice or this choice. How can you help them? What, what's a good way to make a decision? First of all, there is only one decision to make. People believe they have different choices. It's not true. Mm. Let me, please, if I may, go to my own background. When yeah. I was 12 years old, my mom had liver cancer in a terminal state. And uh, when I was a little child, seven years old, uh, six years old, some other thing, she had a gallbladder surgery that went wrong. They gave her hepatitis C blood. She developed liver cirrhosis. And when I was 12 years old, she developed liver cancer in a terminal state. And they said, 
She has a maximum of six months to two years to live. I knew my mom only crying from pain. Every day the emergency doctor came twice to shoot, mor- shoot morphine into her that she should cry- could cry a little bit less. Not, never stopped, really. Every day when I came from school, I opened up the bedroom door to see if my mom is still alive. Uh, every day sitting in school, I was afraid I'd come home and my mother is dead. My father, my physical father, just said, I don't want a sick wife and left. So I had to clean restaurants before I went to school and work in subway, kind of like sandwich uh, shops after school to support me and my mom physically starting the age of 12. And uh, because we literally had nothing to eat. And, and I'm not overdoing it. We literally had nothing to eat. And um, so when I finally broke down and uh, I couldn't take it anymore and this, this permanent fear and I said to my mom, please, please just don't die. You are all I got. I don't know what to do without you. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the pain, the, the face of my mom that was always basically stricken by pain changed and the wrinkles seemed to disappear. And all of a sudden she said, I decided, I swear to you, I am not going to die. And I made a decision, I will do everything in my power, study, learn, try, to help to cure my mom. And when I tell you that my mom is still alive today, she's turning in November 75 years old. She is 100% healthy. Her liver is 100%. And when I learned back then that it was our decision, it was my mom's decision to not to leave me alone, to be willing to endure it longer until we could find a solution. My decision to, to, to read every book I could, alternative health, natural health, some kind of, of, of uh, even, even uh, esoteric things and metaphysical things, and our, our uh, uh, medical doctor, our, our family doctor, she was semi-retired, 86 years old back then, sat down with me and explained to me how things work. And I, I learned about from patients that were sick and got healthy again. I, I talked to healers all over the world on the phone. I, I went to seminars where they led a teenager in. And I ex- experimented and tried everything on my mom. And she didn't get cured for the next 10 years, but she was alive for the next 10 years so that I could cure her, or she cured, could cure herself. And when, when, when I now have to say, all seven siblings of my mom had cancer. My father died of cancer. My grandmother died of cancer. My grandfather died of cancer. Uh, even my stepfather died of cancer. Dr. Joe, I had more knowledge about cancer and the effect on the patient and the effect on the loved ones of the patient that any human being in history will ever, ever have when I was 14 years old. That is and amazing. But I'm going to play devil's advocate for a moment here course. and say some people might say you and your mother were pushed to the corner to make a decision, meaning she is in pain and she's looking at you and you are loving her and you want her to live and survive. So her only clear decision, it, it could be determined, was to live, and she made a decision to live. And then you, as her son, who is, you're very young, you're very impressionable, you feel helpless at the moment, and you're backed into a corner. You have to do something or else. So Absolutely. what about, and maybe I'm being too black and white here, but I'm still thinking of the people listening to this who might be thinking, yeah, that's good for them because they were backed into a corner. But I can't decide whether to put up my website or what product to sell. 
What okay. do they do when they have to make a decision that's not life and death, but they still got to make it? Okay. First of all, they have to recognize every decision you make for your own life is life or death. Because you have no idea which tiny elements or seeds are leading to really, really huge and big developments in the future or preventing big developments in the future. You need to create your own pain. You need to ask yourself, if I don't lose the 10 pounds that I know I should lose of weight right now, and I keep on gaining weight, and I keep on losing health, where will it end up? Not today, not in a week. Where will it end up when I try to play with my children or grandchildren or great-grandchildren? We have to start creating our own pain. We need to ask ourselves, do I really want to live in mediocrity? Or do I want to drive uh, a Rolls-Royce Phantom like Dr. Joe does? <laughs> so it, it, we, we all just need to be aware of that. Because it's a little tiny element, but I, I will answer your question in a different way also. But, but we need to be aware that it's, it's our life is the accumulation of tens of thousands of little tiny decisions. It's usually never one decision. It's really rare that one decision is really life-changing. Um, very often, it's, it's, it's a lot of decisions. There are a lot of things that happens before we make the final decision that then changes our lives permanently. I know people don't make decisions because of fear. And you talk a little bit about fear and the only answer to success, and I'm sure it's in the only answer to stress, anxiety, and depression, as well as the only answer to cancer. Can you address that for a moment? Because fear stops people from making decisions, taking action, living the life they really want to do. And even not they're compromising because of fear. They're selling themselves out because of fear. So fear can be one of the biggest blocks of all time. I think uh, you're absolutely right. I think it even is the biggest uh, preventer of success and health. That's how the medical profession gets uh, their patients into chemotherapy, radiation, and surgery, which kills the patient, because uh, no cancer patient died the last 17 years from cancer. They all died from the effects of the treatment. Wait a minute. What, what did you just say? No cancer patient died the last 17 years from uh, cancer. They all died from the side effects of chemotherapy, radiation, and surgery. Chemotherapy is based on mustard gas. Mustard gas is forbidden after the Geneva Convention as a war chemical. Saddam Hussein killed people with that. It was developed in the First and Second World War to kill soldiers on the battlefield. Chemotherapy causes cancer. It doesn't cure cancer in any way, shape, or form, not in one single incident. I'm getting chills. Wow, what a breathtaking, bold statement. Wow, that's such a revelation. I, I'm slightly sidetracked, but I want to make sure you answer about the fear, because fear is what some of these people who are told they have cancer are allowing themselves to then be radiated with this killing chemical. So what do we do when we have fear? We're fear of making a decision, fear not to do the cancer treatment, fear of any sort. What do we do with fear? We need to address it. it a hero is not a person that does not have fear. A hero is a person that, in spite of fear, is acting. People very often believe that uh, people that achieve big things in life don't have fear. That people um, that are successful on stage don't have stage fright. I have seen colleagues that, that, that have seen millions and millions of people and they walk on before they walk on stage, they, they have stage fright. When they are on there, they are absolutely perfect and great and fine. But fear is, fear is nothing else than a signal of danger, imagined or true or real.
So now we need to ask ourselves, what is this emotion trying to warn us of? And what is the worst possible scenario that can happen? What's the worst thing we can lose? And then we need to get educated. In, the, in my case, in the case of having dealt with over 35,000 cancer patients, mainly in the terminal state, and still having a cancer cure rate of 92.3%, while the medical profession has a cancer cure rate of 2%. That statement comes from Dr. Sudo Cimoncini, the uh, um, great oncologist and cancer cure in Rome, Italy. The medical profession has a cancer cure rate of 2%. So, if you do nothing, 27% of all cancer patients, in my personal experience, recover without doing nothing. Really? Absolutely. Because everybody has six to ten times cancer in his or her lifetime, and if they don't go for the hoaxes of early detection, they might not even find out and never be treated for it and never die from it. We are born with cancer, Dr. Joe. We are born with cancerous cells. And, and our immune system just gets rid of these free radicals of, of artifacts, mutated, dead, half-dead cells, so that they don't accumulate and, and uh, that the uh, multiplication factor uh, is just working fine. But, but if you just look at the facts, in, in this case, you can overcome fear really easy. Otto Warburg and Max Planck got a Nobel Prize in Medicine or Physics by proving that cancer cannot exist in an oxygen-rich alkaline environment. So then we know that since 1931, and then Max Planck in 1917, I believe, but, but uh, Otto Warburg got his Nobel Prize in, in 1931, and, and it's a proven fact that we know since then that cancer cannot exist in an oxygen-rich alkaline environment. So why don't we approach facts instead of the, the, the fear-mongering uh, approach from the medical profession, or you're playing with your life here? Just wait a second. Breast cancer grows for 7 to 10 years in a female's breast until they are able to diagnose it. Okay. It is so tiny then when they finally find it, and it grew 7 to 10 years. And now all of a sudden, this poor woman has to be slaughtered and her breath cut off in the most horrible way instantly. And why is this pressure? The time pressure is there because they want to make sure this, this woman does not get educated, doesn't talk to people that have been through this procedure or the, 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 the loved ones that have lost somebody that has gone through that pr procedure. The fear can only exist if you don't have knowledge. Mm. It's like walking by a cave, and in this dark cave that you have to buy, walk by every day, there's this noise, there's this horrible noise in there, and every time you walk by there, you're so afraid. Mm. But one day you take a flashlight, and you go in there, and you say, that's it, I'm going to find out what's going on here. And there might be just a raccoon, and, 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 and or raccoons <laughs> that are playing in there. This so, is so, Wow. Well, you say in your book that 87% of the information that's coming to us by the media, by the education, by society in general, is negative. 87% of it. And no wonder we're feeling fear, because most of what we're hearing is fear-based. So most of the information, most of the news we're getting is fear-based, and it's causing us to live in fear. So I think when you say that we need to be wise or we need to have knowledge, that will enable us to make clearer decisions. Yes, sir, because the economy, for example, is, is perfect. I make more money now than I ever made in my life. <laughs> I know so many people that make more money than they ever made in their life. The main fortunes um, have been made in 1928 and 1921 in the Great Depression. Mm. 
big fortunes, the, the largest fortunes in the world have always been made in the worst economic times. So you need to see opportunity and you need to stop. See, that's why I don't watch TV. I would never watch CNN, never watch Fox News because it's all manipulate, manipulation, it's, it's all fear-mongering. And of course, they, they, they want to make you cling on their lips and on their channels with scaring you more and more. And then they tell you before the uh, commercial break, oh yeah, and now it's the next uh, uh, segment, we're going to scare you even more. And yeah, but you want to know about it. And their fear is not real. Here's the proof. Okay. Here's the proof. If only if, if the negative would happen in reality, in, in more than 90% of the cases, all insurance companies of the world would be bankrupt. Mm. House insurance, if, if, in, if more than 10% than, than of the houses, even 1%, would burn down, all insurance companies would be broke. The facts are for us. The facts are... The numbers are, the statistics are clear. The good things happen to 90, 95%. Mm. Well, that's a different way of looking at it than what most people look at. So you have a mindset for success. And I'm still trying to play devil's advocate here because I know there's enough people listening that are still thinking, yeah, it's great for you to make money in the economy because you have the only answer to cancer. <laughs> but, what, but what about me? What about, and I, I don't mean me personally, but I mean the person listening who says, I've been trying to sell my socks on websites and I'm not being able to do it. How do they train themselves to uh, get past the fear, make a decision, but more importantly, see the opportunity and start to think like a successful person? It starts with to ask yourself, what do I have to lose? If I don't have nothing and, and, and I try something and I end with nothing, what did I lose? Nothing. I'm exactly where I was before, but I have experience, I tried something, I get more self-confidence because I tried something. Even if it doesn't work, it, it, you know the, all, uh, the examples we all use with Thomas Edison with the battery, 25,000 failures, yeah. you produce a battery, or 10,000 with a light bulb. We all use this in, in our explanations and, and as analogies. People just need to look at these facts. Failure is, is an event. Failure is not a person. Everybody is born to be a champion. Everybody is born. If you are, if you are believing in, in, in religion, then the Bible says we are created after the likeness of God. That means we are mini-gods. So that's how I see it. See, my system is called instinct-based medicine system because I believe our instinct is God talking to us. And our instinct cannot be wrong. The, 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 the law of attraction, everything you teach people, is based on their internal communication with themselves, with who they truly are. To, to dig into the inside and say, what do I really want? Do I really want that? Because you can only materialize something you can really, really visualize, you can really accept in the inside, that's for me. Mm. And you made the statement that instinct cannot be wrong. That sounds like something that people would argue about. How is it that you feel that instinct, I know your, your work is instinct-based medicine, but how can instinct not be wrong? How can it always be right? Oh, okay, let's say you, uh, everybody has done that. You look at some food and you think, I shouldn't eat that. Mm. And you did. And what happened? You were spending the rest of the day in the restroom. 
your instinct told you something is wrong here, or you bite into something, you think even if it, there's not nothing, nothing really that gives you a real clue, you just have a feeling, the instinct, something is wrong with this food. Sometimes we drive on a road and, and there's a curve and all of a sudden we, we drive slower. There's no reason for it. And we come around the curve and there's a huge accident and we see if we would have been a little bit faster we would have been dead. We only break our instinct by thinking about it. Our brain is stupid. It's like a three-year-old child. Our brain is logical. Life is not logical. Our brain just functions like a computer. If the brain would be right, you could put everything in the computer and your entire future would come out. It will not. Not in one single case the computer will be right because life is not logical. But life is, is instinct-based. Einstein calls it the, the collective consciousness. What yeah. one knows that is in that field, active in this field, thinking about this field, can dig into it and everybody knows. That's why all inventions have been made on different continents at the same time. Rice invented the phone. It was not Thomas Edison. He just had a better, better crew of, of marketing. Mm. But they invented it the same day, but Rice was earlier. I love that. Life invented the phone. <laughs> what I'm hearing from you is this common theme, and I want to make sure I'm hearing this correctly. You're really talking about people believing in themselves and trusting themselves. They can trust themselves with their health when they're sitting down to eat. They know instinctively inside of themselves, intuitively, and and whatever that, that inner thermometer might be, the inner monitor, what to eat. And they know the same thing about their business. They know what to do. And what I'm hearing from you is that if they follow their instinct and trust themselves, then they can re remain happy and healthy and be successful. Absolutely. That, that's a perfect summary for it because wealth, wealth includes everything. Wealth includes being healthy, being happy, having great relationships. The money is a natural reflection of being you. If you are truly you, and if you do what you like, not what you think you should do, if you, if you do what you feel you wanted to do, you should do, and you do that, you're going to be successful, and that means you're going to make money. Don't go out there, watch kind of an infomercial, and the infomercial says, uh, sell shoes. And everybody all of a sudden starts selling shoes, but it's not your deal, it's not you. How can you be successful doing something you hate, or you don't believe in? So how do they find what it is for them to do? So in other words, yeah, maybe they're watching the TV or they're hearing about a multi-level marketing program or who knows what it is. How do they tune into themselves when maybe they haven't been for all their lives or maybe they've only done it part-time, off and on, not always trusting themselves? Because the people listening, my hypnotic gold members, are wanting to make money. So what do they focus on? How do they find that inner passion? First of all, they need to find out what it is that they like between the age of 7 and 12. Mm. What did they want it to be? What did they want it to do? That's when the, when the consciousness was still clear. Mm. That's when their true instincts told them what they wanted to do, what they loved to do. And the other, the other thing is also, you can go to, to reality facts in the moment. You find something that really bothers you. Somebody provides a service and it's really bad, it's really annoying, and there's no solution. If it really bothers you, and you come up with a solution, and you provide the solution, you will love what you do, and you will make money with it. Oh, I love that. That's a great insight. Would you believe in goals and goal setting? 
Uh, absolutely. I mean, in every book, I have a goal-setting workshop in my cancer book, a goal-setting workshop in my stress book, a goal-setting workshop in the success book. Because goal-setting is the most important element to give your life a direction and a time limit. As Zig Ziglar said, uh, uh, goals are dreams with a timeline, uh, with a deadline. And, and, and that is basically uh, uh, what it is. The, we, we need to have a direction. If you are... Um, on a, on a lake with a boat, and you roll a little bit forward, a little bit backwards, a little bit to the side, you get tired and, and you play busy and, and you're worn out at the end of the day, but you never arrived anywhere. You never achieved anything. And achievement is like charging our battery. Achievement, achieving something in life, is like charging your cell phone's battery. You cannot only just give, give, give. And you have to have a bonus system. You need to say, oh, if I achieve this, I'm going to buy the most favorite shirt that I always wanted, but I thought, man, that is a little bit expensive for it right now. Mm. You need to create a bonus system because your, uh, your subconscious mind will not help you to hang in there if you are um, uh, basically uh, um, not rewarding it, if it just works. It's like, like uh, in, in the South, a lot of people started to pay their slaves because they figured if I pay my slaves, they have interest in producing. If I just feed them and they have no reason for achievement, why should they? The subconscious mind is the same. You need to create a bonus system. You need to find out what you can yourself reward with, like, like oh, I, I treat my family uh, in the most favorite restaurant uh, um, or, or to the, the, the most likable bottle of wine or whatever it is. Just, just put it out there. Even, even if you sit on, 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 on a soapbox and there's no furniture in, in, in your house yet, and, and you just say, when I achieve this, I buy this chair, this lazy boy chair or whatever I dream of all my life, and if this is the only thing in, in this house right now. This is, this is great. So you would say you want to set a goal and you would want to put a timeline on it, and you would also want to have some sort of reward for when you achieve the goal. Absolutely, because if you don't, first of all, you need to have a parameter to, to find out perimeter uh, to, to find out how do I know that I achieved that goal. That's very, very important because many yeah. people uh, go for goals and already achieve them without even recognizing it, and then they feel very unhappy and uncomfortable. If people say, I want to make more money, and they don't say, how much more money? They will be always unhappy because they will never achieve really their goal, even if they make more money all the time. So they need to say, I want to make $2,000 more each month this year than I had until now. Uh, or I want to have, by the end of the year, this amount of savings. And then you can work towards it. And goals uh, basically give you also the motivation, your, your, your personal value system. See, we don't want to, I mean, I'm talking to, preaching to the choir here, but <laughs> it's, it's a little bit weird. I mean, uh, I admire you so much, uh, that that's why it's, it's a little bit funny to, to talk that way, but we are talking for our listeners and, and mm -hmm. for us, actually. So, but, but basically, if, if you don't know why you want something, you don't want the house to have a bucket of stones. Mm -hmm. You want the house to have a home. You don't want a relationship that just somebody is there. No, you want a partnership, you want to belong, you, you, you want a family, you want team play. You don't want a car to just have a little bit of, of metal and on four wheels. 
No, you want whether uh, movability, freedom, recognition, comfort, whatever it might be. And if you don't find out what is the real emotion that you try to fulfill or achieve by achieving that goal, you will never really achieve it. So you think you need to have a benefit for the goal, in other words, an emotional drive for it, and a clarity of what the goal is, a timeline for the goal, and a reward for yourself after you achieve it. That's what I'm hearing. Absolutely, sir. And you need an action plan. And an action plan, because I know in your book you talk a lot about action. I want to just make sure everybody knows I'm talking to Dr. Leonard Coldwell, Coldwell, and he's written several books. The only answer to success is new. The only answer to stress, anxiety, and depression is new. The only answer to cancer is new. And his main website is drleonardcoldwell.com, which is www.drleonardcoldwell.com. I want to switch gears for a second here and talk more focused on health. I know in your book you say that uh, at least one study says we have the potential to live 160 years. Yes, the Cambridge University conducted the study and con uh, concluded that the human potential to live is at least 160 years and everything else, every year we die earlier, we destroyed ourselves by uh, our uh, habitual way of living. Um, basically, nutrition, poison, lack of detoxification, and mainly stress. Because if you look at the fact that stress is shutting off your capability, stress shuts off the, the, uh, the metabolism. That means even if you have the best supplements and nutrition and juices in the world, you do not get a little bit of nutrition into your system. Because of stress. Because of stress. Okay, so the first thing we all have to take care of for everything from success, anxiety, cancer, is take care of our stress. What's one of the best things to do to take care of stress? The, the foundation is to look at your life and to say, where do I live in worries, doubts, and fears, in compromises? Uh, where do I lack self-love, self-esteem, self-confidence? And you really need to address the foundation. You cannot build a house on no foundation or on quicksand. It will crumble. So most people start with the second step first before they even find out why do I lack the confidence? Where does my lack of energy, my lack of self-confidence is coming from? How do I create the stress? Why do I create the stress? Uh, see, see, Dr. Joe, if, if you and I, we go on stage and, and we love it, or we, we go uh, on, on the, in front of a TV camera and we love it, or in front of our patients or clients, and we just love it, so we feel good. But you know how many people are terrified just by the thought. Yes. The number one fear, I think, is, is public speaking. Public speaking. And that, that is it's just phenomenal. But where does it come from? So that means these people need to start out with finding out why are they afraid. So they might be afraid of, oh, they, they have nothing to say. So prepare that you know what to say. That is just a very simple uh, example just to make it easier. But, but in every part of life, you know, people are afraid of getting sick. So what makes people sick? Do some research. It's lack of energy. It's bad nutrition. It's, 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 it's mainly stress. It's, 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 so how can I control these elements that make people sick? But what about some other things? Like what if somebody has allergies? Or what if somebody has chronic inflammation? 
or these are just being selective here because I know you have the book, The Only Answer to Cancer, but is the only answer to inflammation, the only answer to allergies, are they all the same, or are there specific things that go on in these other areas? Basically, uh, but I'm going to go further with this answer, but basically okay. it's all the same because you cannot, microbial development can only happen in lack of energy and acidosis. So you need to have toxemia and acidosis to have uh, uh, this form of development because microbes cannot flourish in an oxygen-rich environment. So stress co uh, constricts uh, uh, your entire body functions and uh, or restricts your body functions and therefore there's no oxygen flow uh, to your organs and so on because it's mainly to the muscles because it leads you to fight or flight. And um, so that's why so many people that have chronic stress have all these internal organ failures because that the blood doesn't go there anymore. It's constantly in the in the muscles to, to enable the person to fight or fight or run away. But um, uh, chronic inflammation, for example, just to give you some 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 hands-on thing. Yes. Uh, colloidal silver gets rid of every inflammation. Hydro hydrosol silver gets rid of every inflammation of every microbial problem you have. 35% uh, uh, food grade hydrogen peroxide does the same thing. MMS, uh, Miracle Mineral Solution, gets rid of chronic inflammation within, in my experience, three days, uh, three weeks. And um, uh, um, the, there are so many natural elements out mm -hmm. there that uh, uh, if you talk about inflammation, that's the easiest to get rid of. It, uh, <laughs> I'm laughing because for the person who has it, it doesn't seem like the easiest, but again, it goes back to a lack of information. They don't have the knowledge that's in your books, for example, or on your website. Yes, sir. And that is where, where I am coming in, where try to, uh, I try to educate people uh, that uh, people understand there is a solution, a natural solution for everything. Uh, you asked inflammation. There were some other things. I just I asked about allergies. Uh, allergies. Allergies are very popular. I guess is probably not the right word, but yeah. <laughs> a lot well, of people have them. Yeah. First of all, it's mainly caused by vaccination. Uh, vaccination is the biggest mass murder uh, attempt in history of humankind, mm. and uh, it, it's causing autism, stage seven infant death syndrome, and so on. There's a lot of people that are in jail innocently for shaken child syndrome, mm. where their child died three days after vaccination. But the, to, to really go to allergies, an allergy is always an allergy against life. Mm. It's always an allergy against life. So you are allergic against situations in your life. And when you look at people that, that uh, have massive allergies, if it's not toxin-based, if it's not, it doesn't come from, from, the, uh, from the vaccines and then the toxins, the dioxin and the mercury in the vaccines, uh, then it, it's always stress-related. It, it, it's like psoriasis is always stress-related. We, we, we cured thousands of psoriasis patients just with, with uh, stress reduction treatment in Europe. And uh, Amazing. It, it is so simple and easy. That, see, that is why I'm so upset with the medical profession because the medical profession is the number one cause of death in America. It's the number one cause of death in America. And prescriptions over-the-counter drugs are the number one cause of illnesses in America. And uh, Dr. Gary Nall made a huge study about that with, with 13 other colleagues and, and proved that. And uh, so it is very, very important that, that people understand medicine, chemicals can never be a solution. Now, everything an allergy medicine does is dehydrating the body so that your neurology cannot function anymore. 
and therefore not to produce any kind of reactions. And dehydration is the only cause of aging and death. Everybody dies of dehydration. At the end, when you die, the last couple of seconds, you die from dehydration. Really? Yes, yes sir. And dehydration is basically the main, if not only, cause for uh, aging. That's why I tell every patient, every friend, uh, to have a gallon of water a day with half a teaspoon of sea salt in it a day. Uh, that's the, that, that fixes most of, of allergy problems. A good uh, uh, calcium uh, with vitamin D3 and uh, uh, magnesium 50-50, uh, calcium 50, magnesium and vitamin D3, usually helps with a lot of, of uh, allergic uh, reactions and problems. But you are amazing. I am just reeling with I am I'm taking notes here, my head's spinning, I'm going I need three more hours with this man or a weekend with this man. You are a genius and you've got such a wealth of information and we're gonna run out of time. So I, I need to ask you a more um uh pointed and takeaway kind of question. Meaning what would you like these listeners to do? What are the five, seven, ten steps that they can take to help increase their success, their health, their happiness, their well-being? And obviously, they, they need to go get all of your books and just go to uh, Dr. Coldwell's website, drleonardcoldwell.com. But, Doctor, what would you recommend are the five, six, seven, whatever you come to mind, absolute things that people can start to do maybe right after they get off the interview here and they move into their day? What can they do today to make a difference? To sit down and say, what did I ever achieve in my life? When did I ever overcome an obstacle? Did I ever do anything successfully? They need to remind themselves of who they truly are, that they are born to be champions. They need to get it back in the mindset of a child. Can you do it? Of course I can. They don't even think about it. You have to have the, 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 op the, the, the optimism again of I can do it. But you have to start really reminding yourself of that you already overcame things. But also is to write down what am I good at? What, what are the things I can do pretty good? And I could work on making them better. Where could I specialize? Where am I unique? What, what do people say about me that they like about me most, and how can I use that? It is really important that you base your success and your wealth and your future and health on yourself. Do not look. I do not believe in this thing saying, uh, look how somebody else did it, do the same thing, and you're successful in the same way. It will not work. Mm. You know, it's absolutely not. I'm 5'8". Five, I'm five I will never be the world champion heavyweight boxing, no matter what I do. And people need to, to uh, uh, but most of all, and this is basically do what you teach, they need to be able to visualize, to attract the person they want to be. But to be that, they need to sit down, and this is what I want them to do. Sit down and write down what do you want, how do you want to be? Where, who do you want to be? When the second you, you, you create clarity about who you truly want to be, who you truly feel you are, what you should do, and you, you remind yourself on things you like to do in the past and never followed up on, when you just look at reality, I'm, 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 I know, Dr. Joe, where you're heading and, and would answer you would like me to give, but it is so far away of what I learned by curing cancer or, or training the largest companies in the world like IBM and, and things like that. I, I, I created 
more success in Europe and all these large companies than anybody else or all their trainers together in a few months. I got the DVHG, the largest finance company in Europe, from 27 billion a year to 47 billion a year in three months of training on a consistent basis, not just a hype. And because I teach people, that's why my, my, I have a sales book out in, in, in Europe. It's called the sales, How to Be a Sales Champion. And it, it, everybody that looked in it said, that is the most effective sales training in the world. When I gave sales seminars, I never sold anything in my life. And I gave sales training seminars for salespeople in the largest companies in the world. And people go out and produce instant results because I don't teach them tricks. I don't teach them how to close a deal. I teach them how to believe in themselves and how to believe in their product and then go out there and just be themselves. The, the key is, is, Dr. Joe, they need to be themselves. They need to find out. And this is really the key that you are really asking for is what can they do? Please sit down, write down who you are, who you want to be, what you want to be, what you want to achieve, and why you want to be that way, why you want to achieve that. Self-awareness leads to self-love. And self-love leads to successful actions. I love it. That's the best answer, and I'm actually inspired, and I'm going to write that down for myself right after we're off this call. So, Dr. <laughs> Colbert, you, thank you so much. This has been revealing, inspiring, informative. You are amazing. So thank you for making time. And everybody, please go to his website, www.drleonardcoldwell.com, which is D-R, Leonard Coldwell, C-O-L-D-W-E-L-L.com, and get all of his materials. He does have uh, audio, CDs, stretch production materials, and, of course, the books, The Only Answer to Success, The Only Answer to Stress, Anxiety, and Depression, and The Only Answer to Cancer. Go get them off the website and... Uh, and use them and do what he just gave you to do. Do the exercise where you sit down and write, how would you like to be? Dr. Leonard Caldwell, thank you. Dr. Josh, thank you so much. It was an honor to be with you. Godspeed to everybody listening. Talk to you next time on another Hypnotic Gold interview.